VoiceOver describes what's happening on your iPhone screen. VoiceOver on settings. So you can navigate it just by listening. Books, contacts, calendar, double tap to open. Breakfast with Anna from 10 to 11. And get on with your day. Accessibility. There's more to iPhone. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. everyone this is the ruck from the times and the sunday times looking ahead to we are finally there the rugby world cup final i'm alfie reynolds and once again i'm joined by alex lowe stephen jones will kelleher out on the streets of paris we found a little cafe having a little bit of breakfast and it's an opportunity gents to look ahead to the final game of the tournament congratulations to all of you for getting this far (laughs) can you tell by our voices now that you're listening to us that we're all running on fumes a bit Alex, it's been a long trip, hasn't it? Yes. I actually, in my, I wrote a piece from South Africa yesterday, just trying to come up with a way into the piece, and I, I, I realised it was day 53. Oh, yeah. They named their I team saw that. on day 53 of the World Cup, but day, which, which was actually day 54 for me. We're still privileged to be here, though, chaps. Oh, of course, yeah. With Absolutely. one remaining problem. We've all got to get our expenses through, but I, <laughs> I think together we can manage something. Expenses is a challenge. I'm it a, is a massive I'm challenge. I'm up to date on... Travel. I'm a yeah. month behind oh, yeah. on oh, food. Just oh. paid mine for the last World Cup. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> I'm four weeks behind on mine. That's a, that's a job for later today, I think. Well, after the bill last night, it might be a, a struggle as well. But that's probably a, a bridge that we cross right. when we get there. As I say, we are out in a little cafe just round the corner from the boys' hotel. So if you pick up bits of background noise, it can be a little bit noisy. Then that explains why. Before we get into the kind of meat of the two team selections for South Africa and New Zealand. Where are all your excitement levels ahead of the World Cup final? It's I think it's a, going to be a belter, isn't yeah. it, Will? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, I think we said this after England lost last weekend to each other, saying from a sort of selfish perspective and us writing about the game, it would have been fun if England had made the final by hook or by crook, as they kept saying. I think at the start of the tournament, loads of us would have absolutely loved a France-Ireland uh, France final. I was saying to people, it would almost have looked like an FA Cup final where you had green on one side, blue on the other. You would have probably had the Champs-Élysées pack with two million people or something. It would have looked a bit like France 98 with Dupont's face being projected on the Arc de Triomphe and stuff like that, which would have been awesome. Alas, World Cups are mad, crazy, you can't predict them. It's not that final. But it's the two greatest rivals in rugby history, isn't it, really? That New Zealand, South Africa last played each other in a final in 95 and that went to extra time and had a drop goal so <clears throat> I'm sure Steve you're not looking forward to extra time this time no, I'm looking forward to extra time no I never, never do that it's, it's funny because um, it is a great final no, no question about it what's not so great is that in the English World Cup uh, in 2015 when England were, were, were knocked out incredibly early embarrassingly early 
to be fair, the English public and media, etc., um, really stuck with it and carried on going to games, even even small games. It's different in France. I'm not knocking the French, but I mean, L'Equipe, for instance, this morning, L'Equipe has always been for decades the um, the great fr- first front page splash on rugby. Now it's football today. It, it, even when it's the Rugby World Cup final in Paris, L'Equipe hasn't hasn't led on it, and there is a, 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 a there is not the level of excitement that there would have been had France been in it, and that that is a running sore really for, for me. But two great sides. It is a World Cup final, bound to be dramatic. I, I would think probably controversial, and um, there will be people out there having seen the reaction of the Springboks this week. And what I consider to be completely despicable behaviour will be right behind the All Blacks. I do want, I'm not being over, I should go. But I wonder what the uh, fan zone's like on Place de la Concorde. I sort of imagine it being sort of falling down a little bit in disrepair. I can't believe it's even operating anymore. There are a lot of, there'll be a lot of All Blacks and South Africa fans in town, but they'll all be going to the game. And I just think as a contest, we saw what both those teams had to do to get this far. You know, they both lost along the way, but their knockout performances for the All Blacks, the quarterfinal, for the Springboks, the quarterfinal and the semi-final. We've seen how deep they've had to dig to get there when they go toe-to-toe. And, and then the, the kind of the recent history is fascinating because you've got the All Blacks thump the Springboks for 20 minutes at the start of the Rugby Championship and beat them. And then the first iteration of South Africa's 7-1 bench came at Twickenham in the World Cup warm-up game and they smashed the All Blacks. So I, it, it has the potential to be the best World Cup final in a long, maybe since 03. Yes. Since 03. It has the feel to me of a trilogy fight in that we've seen them play twice this year. Yes. Yeah. Two kind of ones, well, certainly very one-sided at Twickenham. And as you say, Alex, that opening 20 minutes, half an hour in the rugby championship meant that New Zealand were always in the lead and you felt going to win that game. And then we have this trilogy fight, winner takes all, World Cup final at the end of the year. Who've all you got? We'll do predictions later, but who do you feel are the favourites? I think New Zealand are the bookies' favourites, and I think yeah, we'll get on to it. It's so it's that, but it's going to be a cool final for this reason because I can't sit here on a Friday morning and go. I think I know who's going to win. I think you could argue it either way, but New Zealand having an easier semi-final, having to well, they took quite a lot of their best players off, didn't they? With twenty minutes to go, played the mm. last bit with fourteen, as we discussed on the pod last time, on purpose. Then they had an extra day to prepare. And on the flip side, South Africa have gone to the well twice, had two one-point victories in really intense, dramatic, massive fixtures. But they're the team that could probably cope with that more than any other in the, in the world, just mm. by the size of the people they've got in their team, the experience they've got. It's also the All Blacks' most experienced side they've ever picked. And I like that we've been talking about flexes quite a lot. I mean, the flex of the 7-1 bench in a World Cup final will get on to... The other flex in the um, New Zealand press release when they announced their team was it said a line like, with 1,387 caps, this is the most experienced all-black team in a World Cup final. As if to be like, not just any side, in a World Cup final, which we have been in quite a lot, by the way. Yeah. Like, That's I, a really interesting and strange way of phrasing yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I mean, you've got guys. Sam Whitelock's on the bench, and he's the first ever man to be in a third World Cup final. Like, there's storylines everywhere. I, th- I, w- I would say just at this point, New Zealand favourites. But what do you guys think? I, I, I think New Zealand favourites. I think that these two teams play each other in their regular seasons, and, and 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 also in the World Cup. And I think the key will be which team can actually do something slightly different. Now, when South Africa do something slightly different, 
what they do is they try and do what they normally do, only double double the pace and the power. I think New Zealand are going to take them on up front. I, I think New Zealand are underrated up front. I think there's one or two gaps appearing, just small gaps, not big ones. And I think New Zealand will try and take them on up front in the scrum and try and crush their morale that way. I think they've got to try something, and I think that, that, that they, they may well revert to be more South African than South Africa. So when they pick their team, they put Napo Laulala, and often the, the news story isn't, oh, who's the bench prop? But because it's against South Africa, it kind of was. The, the news line of the team announcement was um, Napo Laulala's on the bench, and they, adba- they admitted that is a ploy to counter Ox and Che. I don't know how many head coaches would say, yeah, that's a ploy. We've was done that on was purpose. Whitelock as well uh, yeah, to have so on the bench? To, is he So Retallick's starting, Whitelock's on the bench, but they've swapped a fair bit in the knockout stages. Yeah. But picking their heaviest, biggest, 20-stone tight head prop to counter the extraordinary Ox and Che is another interesting tactical thing. Like the last 20 minutes of that game, when both of them come on, you're going to go, right, how's that all going to completely yeah. change the dynamic? So there's a f- the fascinating dynamic. Oh, you went to the, Will went to the, the All Blacks yesterday. I went up to, to see South Africa, and within two minutes, Bongi and Malambi had been... World Rugby had announced there'd be no charges against him, and then two minutes later, the team dropped. And for a second, the team didn't register because I was busy reading the World Rugby announcement and what it would mean, and we knew that England were going to follow up with their own reaction imminently and then the press conference was about to start with Jacques Ninabar and Sia Khaleesi and, and for a second the, the box team didn't, just didn't quite sink in and, and then I looked at it and it didn't surprise me that they'd promoted Faf de Klerk and Andre Pollard to start Yeah, felt like that was where they were particularly the way that, that the halfbacks went against England and it's going to be wet again. Yeah, Marley, Marley Libok got hooked after half an hour. Cobus Rylak didn't have a great game in the wet. It's going to be wet again, I think, as, as you say, on Saturday night. So having Faf and, and Andre Pollard starting was, was not a surprise to me. But then your eye kind of keeps going down the list to the bench. And you're like, flex, they've gone 7-1 again. Which puts into perspective everything that we've discussed from that All Blacks game at, at Twickenham where... It was a late injury that forced them into doing it. I didn't yeah. buy that at the time, and, I, and it's almost confirmed now that, that this was a plan. And then you go right down to number 23, and you're like, whoa, hang on. Number 23 is Vili LaRue. Mm. So they have chosen to go... They've, picked, they've got four scrum halves in their World Cup squad, and only one in their 23 for the World Cup final. So they are taking the, it's the biggest selection gamble I can remember in a World Cup final. It's absolutely if, extraordinary, if isn't Faf it? Really, if Faf a hamstring, or if Sh- Shannon Frizzell flattens him, which is eminently possible if he can catch him, the Springboks will play the rest of that game with Cheslin Colby at scrum half, who might be the most devastating sniping threat of all time. But that's not the game that they're set up to play with no. Pollard at ten in the wet. Box kicking. And, bo- like, and what's his can box he even do like? that? We don't know. I quite enjoyed as well Jacques Nianaba's explanation of well he played as a sweeper in sevens, which yeah. is kind of a scrum half, which you feel like that's quite a long way from a, a scrum a pretty, half or World Cup final. That's really relevant, there, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Very just thin justification. Absolutely so amazing. Obviously, there's a cer- set of circumstances that have to happen for this, and, and it, it reminded me of like, back in the day when you were in the Premier League managers would choose whether or not to have a goalkeeper on the bench and weirdly like earlier this week popped up highlights of when Vinnie Jones had to go and goal for Wimbledon and he pulled off about four unbelievable saves I think it was at Everton but like then it got to the point where managers just couldn't take the gamble of having yeah. no keeper on the bench didn't Sam Allardyce used to do it a fair bit at Bolton yeah because he thought well I don't want to waste a position and, Absol- and yeah. someone will just, we'll just have to stick had, like, someone in goal three on the bench or something and 
And, and here, here they've chosen to not have a nine on the bench. And there's but, every chance that Faf will play for 80 and, and it'll all be fine. But feels like a massive risk putting everything into having those seven forwards. It's, do you know what? It's, it's the, the biggest risk since Eddie Jones came to the World Cup with only two nines. You just close your eyes and think of the number of decisions that uh, the, the nine has to make, the number of people he's yeah. who, who are coming onto the ball around him and he's choosing which one whether he kicks, passes, goes on his own. I mean, it is a hell of a lot to compute. And if you're not used to it, it's like being a mad, a mad professor and your computer's broken. What I would say, though, is for everything we see from Neonaba and Erasmus, there's a reason for this, right? Why do they view this as the best option for a World Cup final to go 7-1 and not have a replacement scrum half? Is it because they are putting so much credence into the having that forward power coming That's off exactly the bench? It. That's exactly it. They... The way Nina Arbor explained it was, if you go 5-3, say, and you lose a lock, you might have to press one of your back rowers into the second row, which is not that much of a problem for the Springboks when they've got players like Peter Steff, who taught you, mm. who'd be better in the second row than, than most countries' first-choice second rows. But it's they have decided that the way they think the game's going to be played, the way they want the game to be played, and the conditions mean that this will be a such a forward-dominated contest that they believe that, that this is this is the way forward and the one thing I would say is that because of the because of the physicality they have and it, but it's more than that when we were down in Ireland earlier in the tournament Caelan Doris was asked about it was a week that they Ireland played the Springboks and they went 7-1 that week too they went 7-1 that week and we didn't know this at that point although we suspected they would Caelan Doris was asked about them and, and, and the, the conversation was it's not just that they're big and physical professional rugby players know how to play against big physical players mm. they have an aggressive mindset as well so it's like it's doubly intimidating because they're, they're massive granite hard blokes but the mindset you know if you look at someone like Ivan Etzebeth it is mm. like brutally aggressive like everything's in your face and, and I I think they will back themselves to impose the game plan that they want on this now as you say Jonesy and as we saw in that rugby championship game the All Blacks will back themselves to impose their mm. stamp on it and that's what makes this such a fascinating game and it's where that all black selection is so is going to be so important into how the game pans out mm. you've got two teams who will back themselves to impose what they want to do on the other and if there's any if there's anything open about the game I, I think New Zealand are, are far more dangerous than South Africa in terms of being clinical and finishing their chances but will, you know, will they get any there were basically none in the backs in the yeah, semi-final yeah. your point on the Springboks and there we always it's funny isn't it when you're in a press conference in a week of a Springbok game the P word comes up about 12 times physicality doesn't it and that's us and all yeah, of our colleagues yeah. but the thing that Felix Jones so I went to the box a day before you and we all chatted to Felix Jones who's joining England next year and he was asked a, quite an interesting, interesting question about how his perception of South African rugby and South Africans has changed while he's been involved with them. And the one thing he brought up was about how they coach collision dominance. So it's not just about, oh, they're just big blokes and they're physical and it's easy because you've got massive lads in your team. He's like, from a young age, they teach you how to carry and manipulate the defence by being physical. Into bags and into sausage bags and into the... um, those like rucking shields and stuff like that yeah. and he said where in Ireland my, he's got two young sons are learning how to catch and pass and manipulate space they're manipulating defenders with their collision dominance wow. from a young age so mm. it's this kind of 
fully ingrained thing through the whole system. It's not just that they've got large men. Yeah, yeah, that's what um, I mean. Which was an interesting point that he made. The, and I think the counter to that will be how the All Blacks then cope at the, at the breakdown. Yeah, yeah. And, and they will look not at the Twickenham game, but that rugby championship game where they the went blast. For, yeah. they blasted them at the breakdown for the first 20-25 minutes and it won them the game South Africa came back at them in that game mm, but they'd, they'd opened such a lead by, by smashing them up front smashing them on the floor that it gave them the platform to score those points and, and you know, I, I think you're dead right and I think what, what I've thought about every time I've seen New Zealand this year they t- always tend one way or another to get the first good ball and I think it's absolutely vital in South Africa crush them and they don't score with that first ball because so far they're either with the first ball or a, a series of rucks still with the first ball they've scored and they've got to they have got to stop New Zealand getting off to that sort of start that was in what fact, they I, did I, sorry, against sorry, Argentina I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't even kick the ball to them early on I would keep the ball and keep driving it so that so that Bowden Barrett doesn't get doesn't get loose that, that was what they did against Argentina wasn't it they basically every time they got the ball they scored didn't they the, the, the yeah. one point I wanted to make on just the whole 7-1 thing is that I just find it extraordinary that it's the last time Razzie Erasmus and Jacques Nienaber are coaching the Springboks. It's the last time they're coaching together. It's the last time Phoenix Jones is together. It'll be the last game for people like Vermeulen. There might be one of the last caps for someone like Etzebeth and others. And they've still done it. There's no sort of like, oh, well, maybe not this week. It's a World Cup final. <laughs> There's no tomorrows. It's a World Cup final and they've chosen to do that. And I think it possibly all just comes back to the point you made, Steve, which was essentially the Springboks' whole philosophy is do plan A, and if plan A doesn't work, do plan A better. And that's, that's what it is, well, essentially. Especially this game. Now, in the semi-final, their plan B, they started executing quite early. But that was mainly a shift in personnel. So they, they started with, with Reinach and, and Libok, and they hooked them early to bring on... Faf and closers Pollard, kind of thing who yeah. just play the game different. now everything around them is not that dissimilar really but the way that they play is different Alfie can I just say an important thing in a general term um, the tournament needs a, a, a great final it's, it's been up and down I think we all agreed that there's been sort of vicissitudes there's been controversies there's been the French are not the most brilliant they don't organise things to hyper levels the French but they don't organise them at all you'd say and um, it's very important that it, it should be signed off. Hopefully, um, I mean, there's, there's going to be controversy, but hopefully nothing to really pollute the atmosphere. You've got Wayne Barnes refereeing who's had his moments with both countries. He can be guaranteed to be straight down the middle. If he sees something, that'll be because he's seen it, not because he's biased in any way. I, I hope it's a great final um, and, a good, and a good signature, a good sign-off, because I think rugby needs that. Steve, I know we've got to let you go. We'll maybe chat a little bit more about the All Blacks with yeah. Will and Alex. But can we get your prediction then? How do you see the World Cup final going? V- very, very tight indeed. I think New Zealand are going to be strong at the start and stronger at the end. And I think they'll win by seven points. All right, there we go. Thanks, Steve. We'll let you go. VoiceOver describes what's happening on your iPhone screen. VoiceOver on settings so you can navigate it just by listening books contacts calendar double tap to open breakfast with anna from 10 to 11 and get on with your day accessibility there's more to iphone ryan reynolds here from Mint mobile with the price of just about everything going up during inflation we thought we'd bring our prices down so to help us we brought in a reverse auctioneer which is apparently a thing 
Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Have to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Just to pick up on what Steve said then about the up and down nature of the tournament, I, I think we were talking about this last night actually at dinner. Someone asked whether whether it had been a good tournament or not, and I was like, there have been so many great moments in this tournament, so many great games, memorable occasions. Whether whether we were talking about Ireland South Africa in Paris or Portugal Georgia, which was a which draw, we, which yeah. you and I watched well with a pizza and over Pete yeah, just before the England game and. It, but because it's been such a long tournament, I think there's been too much time between great moments that they don't feel like they've built on each other. They, they feel like they're great flashes of excitement or, or drama, and then it goes quiet for a week, and then bang, you get you might get another one, or you might have to wait two weeks because of the off week. And that I don't think has helped the, the feel of it. Whereas if it was a, if it was a more contracted tournament, like the next one will be in Australia, when it'll, it'll be a, a whole week shorter with with better arranged matches so it won't just be weekend to weekend there'll be many more midweek games I think I think you'd have found that each great occasion or great exciting game whether it's Wales-Portugal is another one that comes to mind I love that game I love seeing Portugal each one would build on the previous one whereas it's felt like there's been a series of of great occasions and great days and then and then you have to wait for the next one and that hasn't helped so here's my terrible metaphor for that is it it's a bit like going to your, your fireworks show in November the 5th and they've only bought six fireworks but the show lasts an hour and so you just get one really good one every ten minutes and then you're like oh oh look there's another one rather than having them all like a proper show stacked up but it is funny though because I, I agree with you but then at the same time you look at the knockout games and obviously it was brilliant quarterfinal weekend alright one great semi-final but you're right I was still kind of looking at this final thinking oh we need to have a really great game but, but I think it's that's only because it doesn't. We don't. They don't feel connected. Yeah. Like I think it's been a, when you look at it at all the storylines and the and the great occasions and it has every game's been packed. Actually, weird. We always keep saying it's only the England group games that seem to have blocks of empty yeah, seats. It's been but remarkable. Every right? other game has been absolutely rammed, which is which is brilliant. Like and in pretty big stadiums. In as big well. stadiums. Like I, again, we we're talking. There's been a lot of world rugby stuff this week, and that they're. It's going to be a 2014 World Cup at the next one, and then they're, they're building to the USA. And I'm like, I still don't see how, in eight years' time, they're selling out 20,000 stadiums for Portugal v Chile, which they would have done in France. Like, it's been br- it's England. been brilliant like that. So I, I guess what I'm saying is, I think it has been an excellent World Cup. It's just been hard to, for it to, fit, to feel stitched together. But actually, when you go through everything that's happened and the storylines that have unfolded and the characters that have, have emerged, I think it's been brilliant. And I think there's a final well maybe not the romantic final for so many it's going to it should be a gladiatorial battle with and I think Josie mentioned it before he's he scarpered 
Wayne Barnes being in the middle, he's the best person for this contest to make it the, to make it the best game. Calm head, yeah. yeah, absolutely. The, the other thing I was going to say, so as you mentioned, Alex, I went to the All Blacks team announcement press conference on Thursday, and first to mention that they're in a there's some remarkable hotels we've been to. Like there were some really mad ones in Japan last time, weren't there? With like tiki bars in them and Hawaiian themed, or ones that had yeah. Lamborghinis in the front and stuff like yeah. that. But there's been some odd ones in Paris. Like all the teams have been basically outside the main. Like if you imagine it like London, outside the M25, basically. And out west is where the All Blacks are, and they're in this spot which has got a full racing course, has got some stables that survived from Louis the Fourteenth's time. They had a roaring fire going. They're, all the pictures on the walls were of horses, <laughs> and the this Paris press conference Club, room. Yeah, it's the Paris Country Club. It's called. Yeah, and. We were talking to a few people around there, and obviously, it's funny, isn't it? Because New Zealand is sort of the, the biggest and greatest, possibly, let's see who proves it on the weekend, rugby country in the world. But they've not got a huge media gathering. They don't have, just because they have a small country and not a massive media operation. But we get to know these guys, don't we? And we're talking to a few of them, and they were saying that in New Zealand, it's going to obviously be Sunday morning, the final. And they've given nationally um, the bars an early license to sell beer from 7 a.m nice and so the All Blacks media manager was talking to us about it too and she was a bit like I think people are just going to get up and just drink all day (laughs) god so like we've been to Wellington and Auckland and places like can you imagine the streets like we're talking about oh it's maybe not capturing the world but it's definitely going to capture New Zealand like 7am drinking that reminds me of the Lions Tour 2017 I was in Cornwall and like fairly remote we went everyone in the area that was interested in rugby found this one pub that was open at the crack of dawn everyone was kind of having pints with their beans on toast and she was (laughs) saying the the, the All Blacks media manager was saying that everyone's sort of doing a breakfast in inverted commas but they're allowed to serve pints basically it's going to be crazy they they always say that if the All Blacks lose that the economy yeah, the economy tanks. If the All Blacks have lost and everyone's been on the smash since seven a.m. Sunday, it's midday and everyone's yeah. <laughs> output on Monday in New Zealand is wow. going to be minimal. Yeah, yeah. Should we just have a just another? One? I'm conscious we've spoke quite a lot about the Springboks, which I think nat- is kind of natural given the fact that the headlines from the team selection was New Zealand was kind of what most of us were expecting. Will you, as you say, you were at their their uh, team announcement press conference. The big thing I feel like with this New Zealand team, particularly if you look at their progress since they lost that series to Ireland, is their improvement in the front five, in particular with De Groot and Lomax coming through. Yeah. And you feel that's a big reason why I think they've got to this stage. And don't. And it's going to be a massive reason of, if they do win this final, that's an area that they're able to get parity. We've talked about this on previous pods, but the sort of perception that with New Zealand it's all Jouet and running and nice back moves and stuff like that is is quite wide of the mark like they as Sam Warburton talked about on our pod to preview the semis their best teams have always been amazingly strong up front like the Franks brothers Ritalik and Whitelock have been there throughout and have been two of the great locks in professional era of rugby haven't they and they've discovered they've got some new props they had a few guys who kept getting sent off basically didn't they before in the Ireland series and stuff but they've found De Groot they've found Laulala they've got a, a decent front five and someone like Takiyahu comes off the bench in at hooker they've got some some beefy blokes the, the one thing that struck me well two things that let's I'll say about the All Blacks is they were m- remarkably chilled yesterday and lots of it was exuding from Ian Foster who let's not forget was one day away from being sacked last summer our summer their winter July 2022 they went to Ellis Park having lost the Ireland series and lost to South Africa 
And the New Zealand Herald printed a front page editorial, so not just the sports section, but the whole paper, saying it's time for change. And apparently unbeknownst to their reporter on the ground, which was a bit of unfair on poor Liam Napier, who's their rugby reporter, <laughs> who had to then speak to the team afterwards when they'd won. But he was going to be sacked, and they had Razor Robertson, Scott Robertson, ready to go. So I think it's a remarkable redemption arc if he then ends up winning the World Cup final. And like it reminds me of the meme or the gif of Mr Bean who's leaving work and he's sitting in the back of a car flicking V's to everyone as he goes home. You can just see that with <laughs> Ian Foster with the World Cup saying, sorry, just remind me again why I haven't renewed my contract for another year. You want Razor Roberts? Okay, yeah. Yeah, there's, enough, there's well so much to that because, yeah, they nearly sacked him and Scott Robertson was lined up and then they decided to announce the appointment of Scott Robertson as, as his successor. A few months later, yeah. A few months later. Which he didn't want them to do, which he? No, he, which he didn't want them to do. He's been, sorry, just a little side note, he's been here. At the uh, yeah. start of the tournament, he was here, but he wasn't allowed to go to the All Blacks games, Robertson. Wasn't allowed by who? Well, I think it was. he was told, look, it's not a great look if you're yeah, sitting in the stands, fair. basically, because the cameras will go, oh, there you go, here's the new All Black head coach. Yeah. It's funny, because like, when France did it four years ago, Galvin yeah, he was... Part in the coaching, the coaching team, team, yeah, yeah, weird. But uh, that period was was critical for New Zealand actually because they've they won that game in South Africa. Foster had the backing of Ardi Savea and senior players, which was critical. They rallied for him, didn't they? But he yeah. also made coaching changes, and we've talked about Joe Schmidt coming on board and the rugby IQ and detail that he brings. But talking to the the New Zealand journalists, they would say that Jason Ryan, the forwards for, coach, the forwards coach has probably been more important for exactly the thing that you mentioned there Alfie he's all blacks have always been able to to attack they've got this they've got in their DNA a vision and a skill set to to execute and I think Joe Schmidt has just built on that and Mm. and shown them ways to to puncture teams ways to to slice teams open but from everything that I've heard while talking to people out here at this World Cup it's Jason Ryan is the one who's made the difference because he's built into that pack the snarl and the and the fight that's required to give the foundation for the rest to unfold I, I don't think maybe across the whole game and sport and life everything but particularly maybe with New Zealand's rugby team enough has been made about Covid and the year or so that they had playing on their own playing each other playing themselves North v South games Super Rugby Aotearoa when we were watching they, they'd opened their country when we were still very much locked down it was the Premier League and Super Rugby Aotearoa was the only thing we could watch but they had full grounds I, I wondered how much that set them back in some ways because they were, they were sort of in their own bubble literally in their own country but also in the same ideas and they're, they're playing each other for two years whereas in Europe when they did eventually start playing they were playing France were playing Ireland and Wales and Scotland and they were cross-border competitions where ideas could get developed and the better teams grew whereas New Zealand then came out of Covid in late 2021 went to Europe and were like oh wow we're miles behind and so I think with that and then what happened to them in 22 when they had one of their worst years of all time which is a year ago only a year ago for them to to turn that around do it on the run change things in their setup and also I would say not have the greatest all-black team they've ever had by a long way and still win the World Cup would be absolutely remarkable effort from New Zealand, wouldn't it? It would be. Should we get to it then, predictions for how we see It's quite interesting, actually. I won't say... I think... Well, you probably remember who you both predicted on our preview episode of who would win the I World Cup. I said France. I've always said France throughout, and I'm, I was gonna I'm bring, still I, thinking France. I was going to bring it up on Monday for our um, end of tournament review show. Did you, you say New did. Zealand, Alex? Yeah, my dad well, I think has cut it out of the paper. 
and he referred <laughs> to it. He, he phoned me up the other day. He was like, I think you're the only one still. Stuck it on the fridge. <laughs> but, th- but this is this is where we... Do we take what you said in the paper or what you said on the ruck? Ah. Oh, was it different? Did you do different? You can't do that. No, so what I, I think... South, I you think said South happened, Africa on the ruck. Did I? Yeah. Oh, come Definitely on. Take <laughs> it, because I think if you... Rem- if you it, we recorded our oh, previous ju- yeah. just after the oh, 35-7 uh, yeah. Swickenham. That's true because flip flopping. Because we- <laughs> Alex Lowe. <laughs> Weirdly, for I think production reasons, our predictions that went in the paper had been oh, yeah. submitted about two weeks earlier. Yeah. Um, for the big. So I did out, update yeah. it. You're right. I did update it, um, and I'm I'm massively sit- able to sit on the fence here because. Not only have I predicted both the finalists yeah, to win yeah. it, um, the, my first prediction was New Zealand to win it, but at the bookies, I, I put my fiver on South Africa because their odds are better. Okay. So, it's so hard. I'm actually going to slightly lean towards South Africa. Ooh. But in my head okay. just then, I said I had New Zealand and then switched it to South Africa as I was talking. Like, <laughs> that's how tight it is because I can... It's, it's, it's so hard to call because it's about who can just impose themselves on the other and... Mm. If it's the if it's a wet game, I think the thing that the thing that makes me lean slightly towards South Africa is that you have to beat them twice in yeah, every game. Yeah, that's true. You have to, like when New Zealand did them in the Rugby Championship, they won that first section. South Africa came back at them, but New Zealand were just enough ahead to hold on. And we saw in the England game, like you can think you can be winning after an hour, but then they bring on a whole new pack of forwards, and you got to you got to beat them again. And that's a really hard thing to do. Now the Blacks have gone with a 5-3 split in the rain if it is you know, and it was the rain was really bad in the semi I just slightly edged towards South Africa but I can see I can see the risks they've taken and I can absolutely see how New Zealand can can look to exploit those it's funny because my head says New Zealand because of the form they've built throughout the tournament the fact that also they've had an extra rest day they had a semi-final that was far less taxing but then every time the top teams in this World Cup have met each other the difference between them has been so small yeah. and you don't really feel that actually form coming into it and that sort of stuff has much of a factor so I'll stick with New Zealand who by the way were my prediction on the Ruck preview look at you all smug right. that's the only reason I'm bringing it up Will to be perfectly honest with you oh who's your predict oh I went with New Zealand yeah, well done me well I'll, I'll, I'll caveat it by saying I'm pretty sure on TalkSport in the build up to the World Cup I said Ireland I said I was oh, flip-flopping all over the place but on the Ruck I've been consistent I said New Zealand Will how do you see it going as the man who backed France and wanted to see a France Island final, I'm not really well for their predictions, am I? New Zealand, I think. I think. It's so hard. But it that's good. So hard that's a good thing, isn't it? Like, that we're going to go there tomorrow night, Saturday night, and not know what's going to happen. And that's just the best. And that, like, it comes back to this draw. Like, everyone was complaining about the draw. We've talked about it millions of times on the ruck. But five out of the six knockout games so far have been incredible. Yeah. And the final's going to be final brilliant. The final's incredible. And like, is, we've sat here over coffee... And we were talking about New Zealand. I'm thinking, New Zealand are going to win this. And we talk about South Africa. And I'm like, South Africa are going to win yeah. this. <laughs> and that's just where you want to be. I also feel like it's such a reflection of the rugby landscape internationally as well that we've got a New Zealand-South Africa final. And as we spoke about at the top of the episode, there's like a slight sense of disappointment because France or Ireland aren't there, yeah, which I think yeah. says a huge amount about where the where the game is. I think it'll be a brilliant final. Final two things I just wanted to mention. Is it a straight shootout between Ardi Savera and Ebenezer Beth for World Player yeah. of the Year? It's weird that DuPont's on there, I Who think. Who are the other? T- DuPont, Bundyaki um, and Bundy had a great World Cup. But like, but he hasn't done much else. Like, obviously, the World Cup's the big thing, but it's not like he's torn up for Connaught and they've won the... 
URC and stuff yeah, like that. I, like, I, I think in a World Cup year, nothing else matters. Those lists yeah. are always a bit odd, aren't they? Um, and, al- and also, Will Jordan going for the record as well, just yeah. to, to yeah, mention. Yeah, Arundel going for the record. Alfie, <laughs> come on. <laughs> he needs three to equal. Yeah, oh, it okay, genuinely maybe. could happen. Argentina could, could, gone off happen. tour, possibly. Yeah, or a process-driven England team. Arundel with a hat-trick. It could happen tonight. I think... Yeah, I think it's, it's, it is a shootout for Surveyor and, and Etzebeth. And, yeah, you'd put your money on Will Jordan to set the record in the final. Yeah. What I would quickly say about Surveyor, and it was possibly more last year, but he would deserve it for the way that he performed when the All Blacks were bad. Absolutely. Like he was absolutely exceptional when they were not very good and kept them together and seemingly was one of the key allies for Foster. So for all of that, and he also used to be in um, Jesus in the Technicolor Dreamcoat, didn't yes. he? As per your interview with him last November, <laughs> yeah. yeah so I think I, I'd have him as my World Player one hundred percent, and a hell of a rugby player. He's just one of those. All, it's hilarious, Surveyor, because I was at that quarter final against Ireland, where people, even during the game, were saying this is one of the great All Black performances at a World Cup, which says a huge amount anyway. And then in the mix zone after, you speak to him, and he's kind of softly spoken, such a nice, like such an interesting character. But there we go. Anyway, this has been the penultimate ruck at the Rugby World Cup out in France. Enjoy the final. Good luck to New Zealand and to South Africa. We will have our usual Monday episode looking back on the World Cup final. In that episode as well, we'll also mention a little bit more uh, about England, however they get on in the third, fourth place playoff against Argentina. Ben Young's bidding farewell, etc, etc. So make sure you're subscribed and you follow us wherever you get your podcast from. Leave us a review as well, and we'll see you on Monday. iOS helps you control which apps you share your exact location with. There's more to iPhone. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.